Everyone, welcome to the Meeting Your Soul podcast. My name is Farah. I'm your host. And today's episode is all about what the heck is Dharma coaching? <laughs> what does it mean? And why would I even be interested in doing it? And I received my coaching certification from the Dharma Coaching Institute, um, founded by Sahara Rose, who is an incredible individual. If you've never heard of her, look her up. She's got a website. She's on Instagram. She's got a podcast. She's been in the game for a minute um, and is such a wealth of knowledge. She really focuses on a holistic approach to an individual. So not just the cognitive level, but also mind, body, and spirit and recognizing that all three aspects of who that person is, is pivotal in order to find true transformation, sustainable and rooted in their own essence to be able to help someone find that deeper path that they're seeking. So that is my kind of coaching background, but then how I found myself here has been quite a journey. So I originally received my degree from um, Western Washington University in psychology. I actually took AP psychology in high school and knew that that's what I wanted to pursue. So like literally hit the ground running once I went to school, almost graduated early, but I didn't um, because then I was like, why? <laughs> why would I do that? <laughs> and so then I took um, a minimal amount of credits my senior year, but actually gave me a ton of space to be able to focus on my seminars, to be able to get a really good interaction with my professors, created really solid relationships with them. And so that I was able to like really apply all of the knowledge I'd been learning in a really practical way. While I was at um, Western living up in Bellingham, I worked for Domestic Violence and Sexual Assault Services or DVSAS. And that was my first career, uh, my first uh, volunteer gig. And that was focused on actually going into the hospital when someone was having a rape exam and being an advocate for them. And I remember at the time I was like, is this totally bananas? Like, why do I want to do this? But there is so something so profound about being some there, someone with someone that's experiencing something like that, to be able to sit with them, to be able to just hold their hand, to just hold space, to be able to let them know that it wasn't their fault, that they did nothing to deserve this, that they are um, a whole person that they're not broken, that they're not damaged, like that there's, you know, obviously healing, there's a lot of trauma, but that, um, that there was resources out there to be able to help them to be able to, um, you know, heal the wounds that had been created. And I actually, um, for a few of the, um, you know, victims that I ended up meeting with, I actually created ongoing advocacy um, relationships with them. So I met with them on an ongoing basis after um, I met them in the hospital and was able to really aid them and support them in their healing journey. And that was honestly so pivotal and kind of why I just like, I was always naturally drawn to this field, but that just like really solidified the fact that this is what I wanted to do. After I graduated, I started working for um, Teen Link, which is a department within the crisis clinic. Um, it's based out of King County. They are most known for their helpline. Um, so they have a crisis line and then they have 211, so like resources, um, so nonprofit, to be able to really support people that are going through different things and just really don't know what's out there. And there's so many different programs, there's so many different um, things available for people that are in need, but a lot of times they just don't know how to access them, how to even find out about it, and how do you connect with someone and get qualified to be able to do so. Um, so that was a big portion of the clinic. And then Teen Link was its own kind of entity and it supported teens. Surprise. Um, and there was two sections within Teen Link. And one was youth suicide prevention, which is actually what I my first um, position was within the organization. And we went out to high schools and middle schools and taught youth suicide prevention presentations. 
so much fun. Like such great work. I was with um, my uh, partner in crime, uh, Eric. He was so amazing. We had such a great bond and we really held space. Like we went into the classroom setting and really let the students fuel the discussion. Like let's address what you're going through. What, like what resonates, what's real for you and how can we give you guys some tools and resources to be able to handle things that are coming up in a very like non-judgmental, like all like opinions are welcomed kind of way. And it was really eye-opening just to see the um the drastic differences within different schools to really hear like what different students were experiencing um how prevalent self-harm was at that time um and really like the fact that no one really knew like how do i handle this stuff how do i take this on how do i um you know do i even have anyone i can talk to about this in every classroom there was at least someone who had like either knew someone that had committed self-harm or was like either considering or knew someone that may have either attempted or thought about suicide and so it's a lot more common than a lot of people think that it is and i was so grateful to be able to learn those skills to be able to you know really serve in that way it's one of my favorite positions that I ever did. It was like so much fun just because we just like made it, you know, it was relatable. And I think that sometimes as an adult, especially like talking to young kids, it's like, let's like talk about your feelings, <laughs> you know? And it was like, no, like, let's like, let's go into this. Let's talk about it. And let's like have an open and honest dialogue about it. And we're not sugarcoating anything. We're keeping it real. And I think that they resonated with that, that stuck out to them. And so everyone felt really comfortable to share. So I did that for a period of time, actually. And so then the other part of the um, Teen Link department is actually um, a peer-to-peer helpline. So I helped train some of the phone workers, was a supervisor on the phone line. And it's anonymous, non-judgmental. It's an opportunity for people that um, students, um, youth under 18 across um, the county to be able to call in and talk to someone and be anonymous, to be able to say, this is what I'm experiencing. This is what I've gone through. And I just really need some help. I really need to talk to someone. If that was suicide, if that was like friendship drama, if that was domestic violence, um, sexual assault, or if it was like LGBTQ thinking about coming out, or if it was about, um, you know, addiction or someone that they were worried about depression, like honestly, a huge array of different topics would come in through the line and it was peer to peer. So I just was there kind of like facilitating, helping along, um, phone workers, especially newer ones. Um, but a lot of times they kind of took the reins and it was so cool to watch. And it was really empowering to watch other students support each other in this um, kind of way. And if you um, haven't ever looked up Teen Link, I would strongly encourage, especially if you have youth in your life, to be able to make sure that they know that it's a resource to spread it around because they're still out there doing really amazing work. So those, you know, first jobs out of college, that's what I was just (laughs) running up against because I really, I loved working with youth. I really, um, I think as a young teenager, I, you know, I had adults in my life, but did I necessarily want to tell them about what I was going through? Did I feel comfortable? Did I feel like I would get judged? I think I would get in trouble. Hell yeah. Like I wouldn't really like share what was going on with me because I didn't want to like get scolded. And so, um, I think that that's why I naturally gravitated until that realm to be able to say like, I'm not going to judge you. I'm not going to like, um, shake my finger at you. I'm not going to tell you what you did is wrong, but like, let's talk about it. Let's talk about it openly. And like, really like we're going to address, you know, maybe what could have been some pitfalls of the situation, but also like empowering them to be able to make the decision for themselves, I think was really um, instrumental in building trust and rapport. um, So people felt comfortable. And I don't know if I truly had that when I was younger and, you know, have 
experienced lots of depression, suicide, all of that when I was um, in high school and, um, you know, was battling against like definitely alcohol abuse and doing a bunch of shit I should probably shouldn't have been doing. And so I think for me to be able to like kind of spin around, you know, we always say that we're you know, healing that our own inner child wounds. And it's like for me to be able to support someone that's going through something like that, to be a listening ear allowed me to kind of like um, kind of give that support to someone that maybe I wish I would have had a younger years. And um, once I left Teen Link, I continued to work in education. So um, worked for different high schools, middle schools, um, ended up at a Montessori school for a period of time. I actually loved Montessori school. I, did, I worked with one and a half to two-year-olds, which was actually the most chaotic thing I've ever done. Think about having 12 two-year-olds in a room at once. Madness, um, but we created a system. Definitely learned boundaries <laughs> and just structure and routine, and recognizing the importance of that in everyone's life. Um, and that was definitely something that I enjoyed doing too. Um, you know, working in education for a period of time it led me to the University of Washington School of Medicine, where I um, worked within the yeah, School of Medicine and worked within student affairs, kind of as like. Um, wellness kind of um, administrator and then worked in curriculum during the curriculum renewal, helped revamp the curriculum across five states, was a project manager essentially, and then worked my way up into operations, director of operations um, for the first two years of medical school. I think all, I'm a manifesting generator. <laughs> if you know about human design, you'll know exactly what I mean. Um, so I like to do a lot of different things. I'm fascinated. I, I learn really quickly. I soak in my environment. I take it all in. And I like to be able to be a multidimensional person. Like I like to be multifaceted. I like to understand it. And I want to understand each scope and then see how it all ties together. And that's really um, aided me in my career to be able to like see the bigger picture, but then the drill down into the details as well. And I I think that that definitely supports me within being a coach. I'm now a real estate agent, full-time real estate agent, and um, have been an entrepreneur and have learned so much about marketing myself, being able to build a, like, a sustainable business, to be able to find my niche, to be able to like really hone in there, to craft my ideal client, um, and then to shape all of my marketing materials around that. And to be authentic, to be true, to be able to shine through and let my authentic voice be heard so I'm able to connect with the people that I'm meant to. And that whole process, you know, I've always worked in this helping realm and then the switch into real estate, which essentially is still teaching and um, helping people um, purchase and sell homes. But to be able to do that then allowed me to be able to really feel empowered. Like I never, like, I guess I just didn't think I was like, I always have to be in these nonprofit worlds or I always have to be in education. I have to stay within this box. And when I broke out of that and I was actually, you know, very successful very early on, um, I really recognized my own power. I recognized my own strengths. I saw what I was good at and I was able to double down on that and then work to my advantage. And I, um, you know, I've always been, I've had extreme work ethic. You can thank my father for that. Um, and my mother too, but like I, my dad worked nonstop most of my childhood and it was like, work for what you believe in, work for what you love and, um, to be able to support yourself. And I did. And I knew that if I put a lot into it, that I would get it back in return. And I think the same goes for within my coaching clients. I want to be there for them. I want to support them on every level. I want to be able to hear them out, be a non-judgmental ear to be able to hold space, but then also push them to be able to like push the limits. What can you accomplish? What can you create? What do you want to do? And how do you create a sustainable, systematic plan in order to achieve that? 
And that's the key part. And that's just how my mind works, especially working in operations and systems for as long as I have. Like there is an order of how you accomplish something. And sometimes it just gets overwhelming to think of like all the different steps. And so like parsing it all out, but then like being open and like, you know, having that emotional intellect to be able to understand like, well, why can't I move forward in this area? Why is this holding me back? What, what is this piece that's not adding up for me? And sometimes it's an energetic block. Sometimes it's something within our mind, some programming that we're still holding onto from our childhood or teenage years, or even within our, in our early twenties. Like I think all of that plays a part. And I really like to parse through all of it and to be able to kind of support someone on, um, again, that the whole 360 point of view. So then we draw in the yoga. So I actually um, completed my yoga teacher training in 2012, um, became a yoga teacher, um, really was fascinated by meditation, spirituality as a whole, um, had an incredible teacher. She was absolutely fantastic, Silvia Mardini. Um, she's now based out of Florida. She teaches in Bali and Costa Rica, all over the world. Um, she leads yoga retreats and trainings, been doing it for probably like 30 years now, and um, is just a true alchemist of the human soul. And she like sees the potential in someone and turns it into gold. And she saw that within me. I'm so grateful for the fact that she held that space for me to be able to really kind of pull out my potential and to get me to where I am today. And that was very, 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 um, critical in my evolution. And that was, I was in my mid twenties. It was important where I was just opening up my world to spirituality and manifestation, all of that. And she just ushered me through it so gracefully. And, um, I actually continued to work with her, helped her with her yoga teacher training, um, was in Bali with her, helped assess and really support her on the back end. So I've gone through her training a couple different times, um, just to kind of continue the work that self-study And she's really focused on self-discovery. Like, who are you? Why are you here? And um, that has also inspired me, obviously, um, throughout my entire life for my own journey. But then to be able to really be honing in on my own craft, on what helps me come to life so that I'm able to support others that are pursuing the same thing. And, you know, I've had a few pitfalls. I've made a few mistakes, as we all do. Um, But then for me to be able to support others, to be able to help others avoid some of those mistakes um, is really honestly what my true mission and I feel like my purpose is to be able to help someone find joyful self-confidence, to be able to find that vibrancy, that zest within you and to be able to own that, to be able to lean into your power, to be able to show up this in this world as authentically and as confidently and as in love with yourself as you possibly can so that you can magnetize everything that's coming your way, that everything that was already meant to be yours, but then sometimes we are blocking our own blessings, right? So breaking down all of those barriers to be able to open up fully um, to all of the abundance that's flowing to you. And I have experienced this firsthand. I've gone through a lot the last few years. I went through a divorce, um, moved cities, be able to got back into teaching yoga after a couple year hiatus. Um, and it's been a whirlwind um, and a lot of pain to be perfectly honest, a lot of self-study, a lot of self-reflection, a lot of growth. And um, to really break down all of the layers that I had built up around my heart, around who I thought I needed to be, and to really step into who I was always, who I always was. 
And um, it's been a beautiful journey, a difficult one. Um, but again, how can I support others that are going through this, that have gone through a relationship breakup or have like gone through a major shift, a major change within their life, moving to a new city, leaving a career, starting a new one, like been there, you know, <laughs> been in the depths and more often than not, didn't really, um, you know, I had a great support network around me, um, but that had necessarily experienced something I, the exact way I had, and maybe even had the faith and the spiritual connection, the intuit, intuition has been so key for me to be able to help guide my way, but that requires a lot of faith, you know, like I didn't, I didn't always know how it was all going to work out, but I believe that I knew that if I followed my heart and I trusted my gut and my instincts that I would get exactly to where I meant to be. And I feel like I'm finally arriving there now. And it's been so, um, just, um, honestly, it's been magical and I, I, and I'm grateful to be here, but how can I then you know, again, once you arrive somewhere, how can you throw the, the life vest to others and to kind of pull them up to shore too? And um, I would definitely say pull on all of these life experiences, obviously my career, my work history, my education, um, yoga, and so much of yoga that has been useful for me too is that I, um, you know, taught for yoga behind bars, taught in prison, had a trauma-informed yoga training, um, taught for you to mindfulness project, taught at some of the top rated studios within Seattle. Like I have, um, you know, been doing this for over 10 years now and, um, but it's a self-discovery process. You know, yoga to me isn't just an asana. It's just not the physical. It's so much of the mental, um, to be able to move through those energetic blocks, to be able to release emotions, feelings, thoughts, patterns, all of these things that we're holding onto on the physical level, to be able to embody all that we are, um, and to move through any kind of, you know, trauma, all the stuff that just like tax on, you know, the body truly keeps a score. If you haven't read that book, you should, it's really great. Um, and I've definitely moved, leaned into Eckhart Tolle, Power of Now, I've read the, obviously the Yoga Sutras, um, the uh, Bhagavad Gita, um, more spiritual texts than you can possibly imagine. I just, but I'm also fascinated by it. I've always loved that. That's just kind of where my attention, I love reading biographies of people that have done incredible things that have just really broken through. Um, any kind of limitations that they felt like were on their life to be able to see truly what they were meant to do and living your dharma, living your purpose. It's unique to everybody and it requires a lot of work within internally and that that then gets to be able to be revealed into the outside world. Um, but it starts within, it starts within our minds, it starts within our hearts um, and to be able to intertwine all of that in order to evolve is a, uh, it's, it's a journey, <laughs> to say the least. It is not for the uh, faint of heart, that's for sure. So trusting yourself and reminding my, my, you know, my students, obviously constantly within class, my yoga classes, my meditation classes, but also my clients within coaching, reminding them to trust themselves, to believe in themselves, to be able to have a little fun, to find some joy in those moments in between, and that it doesn't always have to be grind mode, and that finding the softness that sukham is just as important as the discipline, as the strength of stira, which is from the yoga sutras, and it's to say that all asana or all yoga postures should embody stira and strength 
and ease sukkum. And I think that that also ripples into life. We all need to find this balance of effort and ease, of masculine and feminine, of light, of darkness, of strength and softness. It all plays a part. We cannot exist without one another. And then when we find the balance of that yin and yang is when I think we really lean into our um, true nature, you know, and the, the, the beauty that resides within the world and within us. So my services and how I support my clients is really to unravel a little bit of background to be able to tackle things that come up as they are presented. Um, and sometimes people don't truly even understand or know what that means for them until it comes to the surface. So identifying all of it to be able to move through it and to do it with as much ease and joy as possible. If you're interested in working together, we'd love to chat with you. My name is Farah Seifert. You can find me on coachingwithfarah.com or check me out on Instagram at, um, at Farah Chino. Talk to you later.